baby. Today's episode is I I'm icy and spicy. <laughs> the amount of fighting we did, possibly on air, we don't know we yet. We don't know yet. It could be on air or off air fighting, honey. This is I what makes this podcast. I think it was just a slight misunderstanding Sparks. of what we wanted, what we what was, you know, enjoyed this episode. We, we have talk a, about Kanye. Kanye. We talk about Vanity Fair. Fair. Nicole Kidmans. Nicole Kidmans. Bears on billboards. And then and we, we have a, a, special, a guest, special guest. Lobo, Lobo is with us. We're just talking unison this whole time. Yeah. He's with us to discuss his bisexuality. bisexuality. And um, Meatball and I have differing opinions about whether or not to honor someone's identity. Right, Meatball? I honor his identity. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> this Enjoy. One, I'm probably. This is the episode that gets me canceled. Enjoy. The human experience. The human experience. Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds? You stupid little fuck you, nice little fuck you, dirty little fuck you, stupid little fuck you, nandy little fuck Hi, I'm Big Dipper, and that's Meatball. And welcome back to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Would you consider yourself Ye's Muse? I mean, I was just Safety's Muse and Uncut Jams. I saw a bunch of comments about how we shouldn't You're even You're very hear- hot today, by the way. Oh, I'm. Oh, wait until. Wait. Just wait. I got a lot no, to say. Oh, your mic to you. is hot. Your oh. texts have been hot. You're feeling spicy. Icy, spicy. For you, I'm too pricey. I saw. Go a bunch to the of- casino. You could roll these two dicey. Ow. I saw a bunch of people being like, don't make fun of the way she talks. And I agree that we shouldn't make fun of like the p- way people talk. But what we should be making fun of is what she is saying. The question was. And what is a muse? And her response was... It was a two-part question. It was, "Would you do you consider yourself Ye's muse? And she was like, yeah. And then it was like, what is a muse? And her response was not an answer. It wasn't like, oh, I kind of am there to inspire artistic integrity or... Literally, the definition of a muse is like something inspiring. Like, it is kind of an ethereal thing. It doesn't... It's I hard. mean, I, I was mean, we like, are the music. I was like Josh Safdie's muse. That's not answering the question. But was she? I was she? I should have done any amount of research before you started talking about it. But was she his muse for that, or was I she just seen the an actor? I saw it. Okay, What's uncut it called? gems. Uncut gems. What's it called though? Uncut gems. Um, it is a wild movie to watch, and it, I had anxiety the whole time. And it's the way he filmed it is like there's always it's maybe it's set in New York, um, and <laughs> near then, where you lived. No, it takes place in the Diamond District a lot of it, and then like upstate, um, so kind of near Times Square, kind of near Rockefeller Center. Um, those are two different places. But she, <laughs> she's just an actress. She just plays like. A, a sex worker in it. I wouldn't uh-huh. consider her 
amused. Like, she's not a huge part of it. I think Adam Sandler was maybe the amusement. I mean, I need to do some research. How are you doing today? Well, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jabs. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uncut Jabs. Uncut Jabs. Ew. No, I hate. I hate when straight people do it. I saw one where someone went, but again, I don't. I don't want to make fun of the way she talks, but. There was one where someone did the whole thing, and then at the end where she said uncut gems, they had, like, fake plastic diamonds in their mouth oh, that's the whole funny. time. And then, like, as they said it, they, like, opened it and spit it out. It's funny. You know, the internet's funny. Um, I'm good. I wanted to talk to you about the Hollywood issue of Vanity Fair. Did you see? Our good girl, Nicole Kidman, on now, the cover. How do you feel about her face-to-head ratio in this photo shoot? Let me zoom. Also, who styled In this one, this? she looks... Who's I don't know, but she's in a beautiful... I think it's Mew Mew that she's wearing. It is, but it's like... So, first of all, her micro, micro is, mini skirts are back. Yeah. This is not. This is 90s fashion. Like, to, like, this is crazy. The top is just a micro mini skirt over her boobies. And the bottom <laughs> is the micro mini skirt itself. Double micro mini. She looks... So good, but I had to. I sent it to my friend Pickle, and I was like, "This is you in drag. Like it looks like Pickle. work." Nicole Kidman is fifty four years old, and she's fit as hell. Look at how flat her stomach is, and I believe and the head to only... face ratio is great. She, yes, she looks like a a young model. She only uh, wears red hair when she acts. Is that the vibe? She and RuPaul. Her and RuPaul. She's Ruby Red. And and Alaska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alaska. Because this wig looked nice, except I felt like I could clock the wig line in the it's video a wig. stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit further down on her forehead. Maybe, maybe when she has her hair like pulled back and she was in the Lucille Ball wig, they gave her a little bit more head. You know what I mean? Oh, you're thinking about head to head to face I'm ratio. I'm thinking head to face ratio. But okay. okay, you're telling me that there's other covers, but this is the only one that I saw. Well, literally, just go on the Vanity Fair Instagram. Okay, they did covers with Michaela J. Rodriguez, Kristen Stewart. I know her. Idris Elba. Love him. Wait, did you say who's Michaela J. Rodriguez? Yes. MJ Rodriguez from Oh, Pose. She's rebranding to use her full name. It's too late. It's not because it she's is. now on the cover of a magazine being no, called still, Michaela too, J yeah, and was nominated no, as a Golden Globe. No, but they were already. No, uh, 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 blah, blah, it's blah. too late. Penelope Cruz, the one that I want you to look at. So here's the deal: it's the Hollywood issue. They did photos and video content. I think the photos are stunning and amazing. The video content is meant to be like visible, like. Like, it's all green screened, and it's sort of turned up to 11 in its, like, camp factor. It's not, like, cartoony green screen, but it is green screening. And I feel like, who oh. am I? I am not an art director. I feel like they Michaela missed the mark. looks stunning. And the photos big are... Diana Roth. Honey, leg. she's leaning on a tiger. Do you see her hand coming around the tiger? It, no, I just see it behind the tiger. Yeah, but look over on the far right in the photo. Her hand is there. And I'm like, that's a long arm. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> How'd your hand get all over the How'd way? You, over girl, the way? who did that? <laughs> who did that to your hand? Um, 
uh, uh, Andrew Garfield, Benedict Cumberbatch, Simu Liu. I like him from the like wholesome Canadian um, sitcom, Kim's Convenience. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, he plays like the older brother. Aw. Jung. He's like very cute on that show. Anyways, and Penelope Cruz. Ageless. She will never age. I I want you to look at everyone listening. If you have a moment, go on over to Vanity Fair's Instagram. Meatball, follow along. I'm going. Find the Penelope Cruz cover. And I want you to look at the photograph of her compared to the video. In the video, she looks stunning. It's this amazing thing where she's in front of, I think, the Venus. And they have her have a big paintbrush with red paint. And she picks it up. It's a huge prop. And she, like, defaces the painting. And it's a really Ooh, fun pretty dress. video. Those are and she looks feathers. fucking gorgeous in the video. Oh, that's a big paintbrush. And she paints on the thing. now. Uh, yeah, the birth of Venus photo. And she kind of misses. Well, then she continues on. Yeah. And she looks gorgeous. She's not doing she, a like, great job. She does a she mirror message. A, listen, she's an actress, not a painter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She okay. does She does a mirror message at the end. She writes on the mirror, like, good mm-hmm. luck, girls. You'll never be me. And then swipe on over to the photo. Yikes. Why does she look like Idina Menzel? They literally rebuilt her face. They shot her laying down where she's, like, looking up at the camera. Don't she... get me started on the bare feet. When, yeah, bare feet for free. But, but to me, I just don't get it. I'm like, not you... Ira liking this photo. Ira. <laughs> I were the third. I just feel like everyone slayed their photos, and why did they do that to her? I don't. Know. Okay, do you remember? Okay, what well, they made Benedict Cumberbatch like just soaking wet. Remember when everyone was like so horny for him? They were like, like he Bend doesn't me over, look like an actual alien. But here's here's my my question to you as a Netflix celebrity, Meatball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you I was on a, one episode of a Netflix show. So. I, I know. And you said eat it to everyone who went to Interlock in high school. I know. You, know, you said that. Photo approval? Are these A-listers getting photo approval? No. Not from Vanity Fair. They're just lucky to be there. I don't think that they're getting photo approval. Otherwise, Penelope Cruz wouldn't look like that in that photo. Right? I Or, or maybe Penelope Cruz is... Maybe she thought she looked good. Like... You know how some people have a very distorted image of what they look like? Yes. Okay. And when they get edited photos, they're like, mm, actually, can you do this, 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 and this to make it, like, crazy looking? And you're like, no, no, you look great, and you yeah. look like how you look. So maybe she's just afraid to age, even though she literally is ageless. But also, compa- in the video, she looks stunning. Stunning. So, anyhow... I I'm into this because I like how like camp it is. I love that it's not just like a Annie Leibovitz sort of setup with like that faded gray background and some apple boxes. Like I love this vibe that they're going for. So this was very fun to me. And I don't normally like really pay attention to like the big Hollywood machine and be like, oh my God, stand this, stand this. But I'm here for this in general. I didn't like the video component that much. Mm. I kind of I love a well, camp. I just love what whatever is going on with Nicole Kidman because the AMC commercial to this. I never saw that. Oh my god, it's so funny. She's like 
you just got to look it up. Go watch Nicole Kidman's AMC video. It was like pretty popular for a while. But now let's talk about some other covers or things that were not covers. How about this Mega Wolf Attitude Magazine bear billboard? Why weren't you a part of it? <laughs> You're a bear. You I am a bear. Los Angeles. And, You've been to Mega Wolf once. And I do, I do do media. No, um, I'm not like in the Mega Wolf family. I didn't know that it was like a. I just thought it was a party here I mean, it in is. Los like, Angeles. Leo, Leo, and his husband Johnny. I think Leo runs the party. He's the DJ. And when I first moved to LA, um, that was one of the big parties that I played. I actually, I maybe came out for a Mega Wolf, but he had never. Mega Wolf is like a bigger brand in Europe. And he had never mm. done them here. That's why it's called Mega Wolf America, because I believe it's actually, again, I'm not involved, so I don't fully know, but I believe it's a separate Bro, tell brand. us your conjecture. Yeah, apparently <laughs> I con- 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 conjured. What is the what is the active Conjected? present tense for conjecture as a verb? Conject? I get. Now I want to look it up. You know? <laughs> I feel like Bob right now. I'm like, look up the definition. And then, wait, you you know what? Jacob, Jacob. Jacob, look up the... (laughs) Jacob. Don't drag Bob like that. Well, I just did. Well, take that clip, stone stonered stoning. I don't know if there is. I think conjecture, when you do that... Conjectured. I sat at home and conjectured. Oh, yeah, I conjectured all over the house. Okay, what I'm going to say is I believe Megawolf is the big brand in Europe and Megawolf America is that same brand but kind of separate. Like, they're, like, tied in in idea but maybe not in, like, the the people who run it. And so Leo is the DJ and they do Megawolf at Precinct and I think they do them at other places. I know they've done them at the Standard Hotel. They have like other parties. I went to one at the Catch One, I believe. And um yeah, it looked like the photo has like um Chris Craig in it, uh his boyfriend, a couple people I know Dre is in the photo. Yeah, it's, Dre. I saw some BTS from the photo shoot. They had like a big crazy photo shoot. Everyone was like oiled up. They had haircuts. You bet they were jerking each other off in the bathroom? No, it seemed very professional. You can be professional and jerk people off. But it's amazing. They have a fucking billboard up uh, because it's in, like, Attitude magazine. Now, here, riddle me this. Yeah. How do we get an Attitude magazine? I still haven't been on a magazine. Well, that's not true. I was on, is it Attitude? I was on the cover of Sun Magazine with James Corden. It could have been attitude. Or was it altitude? Was it a flight in flight magazine? No. <laughs> it might have been attitude. Rayla Trey was write, there if and you she write, wasn't sh- and she wasn't shitting on anyone that night. If who wasn't? Raya, she was on the cover with me. If you uh are a journalist and you want to do a big old spread on Meatball, you go ahead and hit her up. Please. Let's take a break. Yes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? 
No, really. How would you use it, baby? Bad. I always think about my work week and how busy it is, and I'm like, I wish I had an actual weekend. Now, that really comes down to me planning my life a lot better, but I would use it for leisure because I work so much. How? What would you use if there was extra time in your life? If I had more time, I would do more hobbies. I would, like, pick up you more activities hobbies. because I yeah. love hobbies, but I just... I barely have time to do the stuff that I actually have to do. Right. Well, the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more with it. You know, I think therapy, like the biggest thing that I get out of therapy is new directives. Like, oh, try this. Like, make a change in how you think. I think we all think like that's just how my brain works or like this is how I see the world but those things can shift and change and you can learn tools in therapy to be like look at it this way or try a new way of going about a project or schedule your day a little different you, those are things you can talk about with your therapist mm -hmm. if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch their anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash sloppy today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash sloppy. Okay, we're back. We're back! We, we started our conversation... Yes. We started our conversation um, about uncut gems. Do you want to talk about uncut? Do you want to talk about Kanye? I think you just mean yay. I think it's just yay now. Well, I don't know what I don't know what to say about him. He had those weird. Okay, here's all. Let me just tell you what I know about Kanye, and then you can tell me where I'm wrong. Thoughts, conjecture. It's all conjectury. Um, he had a church for a minute, and he uh -huh. traveled around and did church services. Sunday service. Sunday service. Then he wrote a new album called Donda and His traveled around and toured that new album and stayed, slept in the stadiums that he was performing at. Yes. All while he's going through a divorce with Kim kardashian who is and they're trying to keep she she's trying to keep the divorce super private she's also dating pete and now kanye is going wild on instagram attacking pete davidson mm. and then he started and then new york fashion week happened which is wild to me because it feels like it just happened and he found julia fox as to be his new doll because that this is what in, he does i don't think that was in new york did it start in L.A.? No, I think they were in Europe. So they were in New York Europe. Fashion Week is happening, like... Currently. Yes, and so this was, like, three weeks ago. So he started doing what he did to Kim, which was, like, dress her up, tell her what to do. And didn't he do it to Bald? Um, <laughs> Amber... Amber Rose. Amber Rose, he did it to her, where he, like, dressed her up and he made her famous. 
He dressed Kim up, made her famous. Well, <laughs> arguably she was significantly famous. She was famous. famous beforehand, but like I don't think that she would be the fashion icon or be able to go to the Met Gala and do all that stuff if it weren't for him. She was a reality TV show star. That is, yes. And so now he's found a new person, but I just looked up that they have broken up two days ago. Oh, yeah. I don't, and that's it. I mean, he's well, I, clearly struggling. Kim says that he has mental health issues. I don't. Yes, know what else. we we we've talked about this. We like someone said like, he got hit on the head once, and he's never been the same. Thoughts? Well, also <gasps> when he wrote eight oh eights and heartbreaks after his mother passed away, like it was so clear he was hurting so bad, like from a from like like it was amazing music but from a from a like personal point of view the place he was writing from it was so clear he was devastated and like um i think he wrote that after she died what um but it it, it to to me it's a perfect example of there are too many yes people around i've been watching that um um inventing anna show on Netflix, which is a Shonda Oh, I just Rhyme started show. it yesterday. And I remember reading the article when it came out I in do New York too. Magazine. And just being like, you can really scam your way up into anything these days. And it's a perfect example. I think we talked about this, you know, in general, the world was talking about this, you know, when Trump was president, he wouldn't release the tax records. And he was like, I'm a billionaire. But then it was like, actually, all signs point to you're broke. But once you sort of have a certain status like a lot of rich people don't actually pay for anything they just Correct. get perks and it's like the you know the middle class or like the upper middle class that are actually footing the bill for so many places and then like rich people just get like free comped service and i think kanye is a person who because of his celebrity and because of his wealth and because of his access to people he got away with Saying, oh, I'm going to stay in the stadium for, like, three weeks while I'm building the show. It's like, But then I read somewhere that, like, one of the stadiums was like, all right, you got to get out of here. This is a stadium, not a house. Right. And I think, I think ultimately, I just don't think having the kind of access and money that he does is helpful for what he's going through, which he needs to, you know, sit down somewhere, figure out so he can, like, take care of his life and be a father. But the flip side, honey, I went to turn on another episode of that Inventing Anna, and what do I see? The advertisement for the Kanye documentary on Netflix. And also, Kim Kardashian is relaunching the Kardashians on Disney+. Plus. So, very easily, these absolutely famous people who know so much about promotion and PR stunts... I hate you Okay, one more thing I want to say about PR stunts that I saw, which, like, all of this feels icky to me. Like, in general, all this feels icky to me when people are, like, playing with their lives like a game. But I get it. It's cutthroat. And if your absolute goal in the world is to be a fucking rich and famous person, you will do that. Mm-hmm. I saw someone post a video. Yes, it was a TikTok. But they said, I want to talk about this Paris Hilton PR stunt that she did on this late night show. <gasps> did you did know Jimmy Fallon this? got fined for it? Wait, we're talking about it. We absolutely are talking about a different thing. Oh. What are you talking about? I was talking about her NFT where she like went on to Jimmy Fallon's show and was like, 
I made this NFT. You can buy it here. And she was talking about it. And Jimmy Fallon pulled out a picture of his and was like, I have this NFT as well. And apparently, contractually, he's not allowed to self-promote anything on his show that will make him money directly. Oh, interesting. And so he got fined by the network for doing that because it's against the rules. That would be like him going on there being like, I don't know, I, I buy my underwear off my whatever. There, You right. can't do that. Buy this farts I put in a jar. Um, no, she apparently wore two different shoes. I did see that, but she did. Uh huh. That had to be on purpose. You can tell. Right. So this person was saying this was on purpose. And as a PR stunt, it is great because it's innocuous. It's small enough, but it's enough to make headlines and bolster her appearance on the show. And I was Remember like, when that's... Nicole Byer went on to Wendy Williams' show, notoriously known for the shoe cam, <laughs> thinking that that wasn't ass... going to happen to her, and she was wearing fucking con- like dusty ass Converse. Yes. Did I ever tell you this story? I hosted a Vice documentary about Chicago. What are you leaning away for? I was you burping. Oh, um, sorry. Let me do it on the mic, like Bob. I was hosting this documentary and we went to this man's shoe shining shop and he'd been shining shoes forever. And we talked about how I feel like I've told it. I must've told this story on uh, this podcast, but um, we were talking about how his clientele has like evolved over time. Like people used to wear like leather loafers and then this kind of boot. And now a lot of people wear Timberland boots, you know, in general. And I was Mm. like, did you have to learn how to clean them? You use a different, you know, you're not putting shoe polish on Tim's. You're like using a brush and like cleaning and whatever. And one of the guys I was wearing at the time, fake Timberlands from like, marshals in the back at the discount you know you go in and you say what are you having a 13 and it's like these boots for 50 dollars, which were not tim's and they were very scuffed up and it was winter time, time and like yeah exactly and one of his uh customers who was like up in the chair was like yeah have him clean yours and he looked over and this was on camera and they left it in he looked over and then he looked up at me and he looked back at the shoes and he was like those aren't tim's and I looked at him and I was like, I know what these are. I know what I'm wearing. That's why I didn't ask you to clean them. <laughs> I was like, don't embarrass me in front of these cameras. And that's, you know what? And that's the trick that it takes to clean the shoe. <laughs> oh, man. You know what we didn't talk about, but we got an email. Was somebody, I guess in one of our Tuesday episodes, I was like, I'm going to Palm Springs. And I'm going to try to find the Trixie Motel. And then I didn't talk about it at all. But someone sent me the address. <gasps> Did because... you go? No, but what actually happened was while I was there, I went to go get dinner with Juno Birch. Okay. And we were meeting Wasn't at Wasn't this... Juno like staying at the hotel? No, she was staying at a different hotel because I don't think that anyone's actually staying oh, right. in the sure. actual hotel yet. Um, but when I went to go meet her for dinner, I parked... At the Trixie Motel. I parked across the street from it. Didn't even wreck it. Like, didn't notice it. There's no signage or anything for it. And I got out and Michael was like, isn't that the Trixie Motel? And, like, pointed at it. And I looked. And, like, you know, the big vans were there with the air conditioning going. Because, like, they're still shooting stuff. Right. And I was like, holy shit, that is it. And I, we all, I like, almost tried to sneak in. But then I was like, I should have some respect for Trixie. Like, just a little bit. I can't just walk Why? in. 
Because I actually think that she's a great person and a good drag queen. <laughs> you could not neighborly knock on the door. Say hello. Yeah. But I was also late for dinner. Um, I do. I am glad you, you know brought what? Oh, what? I am glad you brought up Trixie because I want to seamlessly transition to you being quoted in Paper Magazine. That was a while ago. But yeah. It was like two weeks ago and we didn't talk about it. Kylie Cosmetics for Valentine's Day came out with a lip stick that was in the it looks like maybe someone got their hands on the Trixie cosmetic molds and made the exact same yes like it looks identical and then she even kind of went with the Trixie like symbol with a k now it's the same font my knowing back-end production stuff like Trixie's photos with like the heart shaped lighting and like the color scheme, that stuff came out like a week before the Kylie stuff did. There's no way the Kylie stuff st- was not shot six months ago. Yeah. So that that is like similar ideas happening, but girl, that Trixie lip, like the shape of that, the heart the mold, shaped lip, that has been looks, out for years. Yes, and it looks identical. identical. Like I was looking at the two of them and I was like, well, maybe the the applicator is longer or maybe this but when you look at them on uh, they that look, young billionaire like said this faggot is out here making money and i'm about to do that too well you know she probably had nothing to do with it it was her team probably was like hey look we found this great mold in china or wherever i don't know where Trixie gets her makeup made but we found this wonderful mold and now we're gonna steal it thoughts yeah that shit is i mean the the world out here is cutthroat and so what did you say? When all the hoopla was going, you got on Twitter and you said, I hope she makes a YouTube video and takes her to... No, I just court. said, I hope she does sue Kylie so that she would make a YouTube... Because I could see Trixie turning it into... Like, she doesn't into do anything some. unless there's money involved. Yeah, so I turning could see her showing up to collab. court in full drag being like, and today we're going to figure out the justice system. Let's go, sis. Wow, wow, wow. And it's like her little theme song. And then she goes into court and she's like, Your Honor, she stole. Have you ever been published in Paper Magazine? No. So how do you feel that it's only because you mentioned someone more famous than you that you got in there? Pretty much my whole career, huh? (laughs) Why were you so spicy with me on text earlier? I want to get into that. We'll get into it. Well, Well, we will get into it. I don't want to do it on air. Oh, you don't want to do it on air. Well, I could say it, but it's mean. You really want to do this while we're recording? I think let's go to a. We shouldn't. We're going to break because I'm about to drag your ass. Okay, so up next we have a guest that I invited on the show um, uh, because I thought uh, maybe it would be worthwhile having this conversation. Uh, uh, This person is an adult performer who is openly bisexual. And I know that as I was growing up, I really was of the mindset that bisexuality was sort of a rest stop on the way to full gayness. And so I sort of see it as uh, an identity that people have to fight to prove. So I Uh said to Meatball, I said, hey, let's have uh, my friend Lobo on the show to talk about this. But Meatball, being the young one of the duo. 
Yes, because I'm young. I've because known you're young. plenty of bisexual men and women, and I, I think, yeah, maybe when we were in high school and people would be like, I'm bi, I would be like, yeah, we'll see, because even I did that. But, like, now as an adult, when someone tells me they're bi, I'm just like, okay, you're bi. Like, there's no part of me that's like, oh, they're confused, oh, they don't know. I just believe what people tell me that they're interested in. So yeah. I, I, um, I'm quiet during this interview because <laughs> I don't fucking care. Please welcome to your ears, Lobo. Hi. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Thank hello. you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um. Yes, of course. You you messaged me the other day, so you're coming to LA soon. Yes, um, end of March. And so we were like chatting a little bit. Um, and then you messaged me and you were like, have you guys ever talked about bisexuality on Sloppy Seconds? And I was like, oh, I guess like not explicitly. Mm. So, um, yeah, so we wanted to like have you on and continue to take that conversation from text to microphone. Um, yeah. Because you are someone who I know when I first became aware of you, it was like on Twitter and it mm-hmm. was seeing you posting adult content from, you know, your fan pages and um this might be a problematic thing to say but in my mind i'm like you just present as like a gay dude because yes. you know it, it, you know leather gear fetish gear thong underwear cock ring etc mm-hmm. etc and in my mind um when i think about like bisexual men i always think about like straight presenting men or straight yeah. acting men who who sleeping with men is the exception or yeah. the thing that makes them it's the thing in hiding yes exactly yeah but you are sort of the other way of that or i guess yeah yeah i don't know that's okay. yeah yeah i th- yeah no i think that's a pretty accurate way to put it because uh yeah so just to kind of talk about like my my story, uh, I fully came out as bisexual when I was about 16, 17. I'd kind of known about the word, like it was starting to kind of make its way around uh, in the early 2000s and stuff. And so I was like, oh, like that's kind of a thing because like uh, I grew up in a Latin American household and in a Latin American household, it's very prominent this idea of like machismo and like masculinity and, you know, so, my being attracted to women was never a quote unquote issue. It was always kind of uh, pushed forward and um, and em- uh, emphasized and stuff like that. Right. But I can remember thinking back, like when I was like five, six, uh, being attracted to masculine characters. Like I remember some of my earliest like actual attractions were like, daddy zeus from hercules i remember watching hercules we were talking about the muses earlier today oh yeah that movie that (laughs) movie is like all weird he does but he and he is jacked as fuck and i love it but like that was kind of like some of the earliest that that and like when i I remember watching like dragon ball z when i was super young and like Mm -hmm. being super into goku like anytime his shirt came off i was like that's fucking hot but it, but I didn't really recognize it back then. But then as I got older, I started being like, you know what? I I know there's something here. And so I started watching and looking at actual gay porn. And then I was like, okay, 
now I'm starting to understand. And then I, and then I fully acknowledged it when I was a teenager. And uh, yeah, and I was in a relationship with a woman at the time. Uh, she and I were, we started dating when I was like 16, 17. We were together for about seven and a half years. Uh-huh. Uh, about a few years into our relationship, I fully came out to her as bi and she said she was okay with it. Um, but it, it got tumultuous. We would break up, get back together. During the times we broke up, I would go and fuck guys and then come back and then we'd get back together. Right. And like when she found out that I did that, she would be devastated when I went and had sex with men. Mm. And then eventually it was like, okay, like I personally am not wired for monogamy. And so I gave her basically the ultimatum. I was like, do you want us to open the relationship? This is a serious thing. If we open it up, you know, it goes both ways. If you want to go and fuck other guys, that's cool too. You know, all that jazz. And she was like, right. no, she wa- I want strict monogamy. And I was like, then we can't do this. Mm. So yeah, so that ended that relationship. And then I was about single for about a year. I did uh, I did a little bit of the the slut train. I would go and date other people, guys, girls, everything. The I slut went train. Well, what like I that? just basically is like the train still running? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh. And um yeah, and so I, you know, I would go out and date other people, you know, kind of experiment, date more, actually date men and see right. how that felt. Because um, bisexuality is interesting. It's in and of itself a spectrum. Right. I personally am like right in the middle. I am 50% bisexual, 50% uh, biromantic. So like I, I sit what's, right in the middle. Wait, what's biromantic? So biromantic is like you are, you can have romantic feelings for either gender. Uh but you may not be sexual with both genders. Does that make sense? So you can be like homosexual, but biromantic and that kind of thing. Yeah. You mean friends? No. <laughs> no, romance. 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 You... Like you can be in a relationship with them, but you just aren't physically attracted to them. Like the, like I said, bisexuality is is such a spectrum. There are so many things. There's like bisituational, like where like guys will be like, oh, like I'm not into guys but if another guy is you know having a threesome with us i might put his dick in my mouth because it's there you know that kind of thing um it i was thinking about this before we got on the call because i think um gender identity has really mm-hmm. taken a um a leading role in the sort of conversation about fluidity absolutely uh, that we've been having and so i think a lot of people when they talk about um, that fluidity, they're talking about gender, and so very easily pansexuality comes up because people say, well, I'm into whatever. And yeah. for me, it's mm-hmm. about the person. And yeah. so what's interesting is that it seems like a bisexual identity almost reinforces a binary of the idea that, oh, I'm into men or I'm into mm-hmm. women, but I'm not into anyone who's gender fluid, which is not necessarily the case but it's just sort of an earlier definition of a more open sexuality Ah. yeah because you're right because there are like i know uh yeah because like where where bisexuality and pansexuality kind of uh where things get murky is when it comes to gender identity and expression for me personally i i believe anyone and everyone no matter how you present yourself you are beautiful you are worthy of love you are attractive i may not want to fuck you 
but I, that doesn't mean I don't think you're unattractive or that doesn't mean that I don't think you deserve to have to be attractive. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? But for me personally, a positive outlook on like, unlike, <laughs> unlike yeah. the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, but where my actual physical and sexual attraction lies is definitely within the binary. So like I am attracted to people who present uh, masculine or feminine right like uh i i don't find androgynous people to be particularly sexually attractive at least not to me uh but like yeah but like like i've i've been attracted to trans people i've been attracted to cis people you know that kind of thing but i know my attraction definitely is rooted in the binary which yeah which for some can seem problematic but i think and and i wrestled with it too because i have a bunch of i have a bunch of friends who are non-binary who are androgynous and as well as mask presenting and femme presenting and i kind of wrestled with it in my head like is what i'm saying offensive to them is what i'm saying you know demeaning to them and so i i actually spoke to my friends who are non-binary i was like so this is what it is and this is how i view it how do you feel about me wording it this way and they were like, well, you know, like you say that you're not sexually attracted to people who are androgynous, but that doesn't mean you're demeaning them. And I'm like, well, no, because like androgynous people are just as valid, right? Right. I mean, it all comes down to like as long as long as you aren't discriminating against people uh, uh, or forcing yourself to have sex with people you're not attracted to, we're all yeah. in the safe zone. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I, at least that's how I view it. Because so yeah. I, I I'm interested. Uh, you know, so you make porn and you make porn um, sort of across that bisexuality spectrum. Yes, I, I fully advertise as a bisexual uh, sex worker. So do you find, because I, of course, like I said, I came across you on Twitter. I've seen you out at events, seen you go-go dancing at like Barracuda events. We ran into each other at uh, Palm Springs Leather Pride. So I see you at these gay events. You're you're in a relationship with a man. Did y'all have sex at Palm Springs Leather Pride? No, we didn't get a chance. Oh, get a okay. chance. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so... Uh, do you find that people who sort of see you in these gay spaces mm-hmm. have a negative reaction when they find out that you are bisexual? Uh, no, but I think that's because, I, no, I don't know. Like, I, it doesn't happen as much now. I've definitely had it where where people have, like, uh, looked at me when I've said that I'm bisexual and they're like, really? Like, they give me the kind of, like, the 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 really? And I'm like, yes, I do, in fact, enjoy penis and vagina, both at the same time, preferably. Uh, <laughs> but like at these events, whenever if it does come up that I am bisexual, um, I have found that it definitely I think it definitely matters the crowd that you're in. And I guess I've just been fortunate that like the people that I've surrounded myself with uh, are just generally very OK. They're like, oh, OK, that's interesting. And I'm like, yeah. And so, yeah, it's never really a non-issue. And even in times where I'm out with my partner, because like I'm I'm in a I'm in a gay presenting relationship. I'm in a homosexual right. relationship. Um, we've been together for over seven years now. And uh, when I'm out with people with him, it's easy for people to assume that I'm gay, right? Because I'm I'm in a relationship with a man, which is fine. That's their. I understand that that is what I am presenting, mm-hmm. but 
I try my best whenever people ask me if I'm gay or say that I'm gay, I try my best to always correct people, like be like, actually, I'm bisexual, because I want to have that visibility, no Mm. matter where I'm at, even if I'm at these events, I want them to know that there are people like me who are interested in this kind of stuff. And going back to your point, Dipper, about how, yeah, I'm at these clubs, I'm dressed in leather, and I'm in kink and all this other stuff, stuff that you would assume a bisexual man uh, wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards but i've always been interested in like leather and that concept of of sexy hyper masculinity partly because that's what i'm attracted to Mm. but also because when i was getting into the into the gay community uh i found myself having more fun in the gay bars than i were than i ever did at the straight bars i cannot that's that's just because gay bars are fun straight bars (laughs) yeah they do about gay bars people (laughs) i love them can't get enough of them <laughs> tequila shots all around yeah exactly maybe. but it's kind of being getting dripped into me <laughs> dripped i don't know i couldn't think of anything fast enough. <laughs> is that is that how you take your k yeah, yeah. right <laughs> in my IV butt line. <laughs> IV. Like walk, walking around with an iv bag <laughs> yeah Ooh, i mean that's it a is it, it, i mean i guess when you my assumption is uh, an openly bisexual person would not feel nearly as comfortable in a straight bar um, in that I mean, environment. Yeah. Maybe today more than that. I mean, like, okay, here, here's a question. Do you, like, wake up and you're like, today I want to fuck a woman, today I want to fuck a man? Or is it depending on who crosses your path? It's. I think it's more, very much depending on who crosses my path because it's interesting because how – for me, it's very much on like energy levels and mm. like what I'm uh. Uh, what I'm surrounded by. So because I'm with my because I'm with my male partner like ninety percent of the time, I don't find myself super craving masculine energy. I don't find myself super craving sex with other men because I'm already around that masculine energy as it is. And right. so I find myself like when I'm at home, I find myself. Uh, craving feminine energy a lot more and so i'll call like all contact i have a i have a bunch of friends here uh like a bunch of fuck buddies here in vancouver where i'm like hey do you want to get together like for a few hours and like hang out watch some shows have sex a few times have some snacks like that's kind of what i like a to few do times i mean we, we got a couple hours <laughs> um but yeah and so but it's funny because like when i'm if i'm not around that masculine energy a lot if I'm if I'm around more predominantly feminine energy, then I'll start craving like, oh, I, I need to I I kind of want to get together with a guy, right? Um, mm. But I think because I'm so much more embedded in the gay community and at these gay events and everything, I find myself, yeah, like I still I still, like I'll still see a guy across the bar and be like, he's really really hot. I definitely want to roll around with that guy. I still have that, yeah. but occasionally. I'll find myself being like, oh, you know what? I could really use some tits in my face right now. <laughs> Work. So okay. like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's like this, it's like this weird, like, I don't know. It's really hard. Cause I, it's usually, it used to be where I would be like, what kind of porn am I consistently watching now? Right. Am I watching a lot of gay porn right now? Oh, then I need, then I need to get with a guy. Am I watching a lot of straight porn right now? Oh, I need to get with a girl right now. That kind of thing. So now uh... if you saw Meatball waiting in line at the UPS store, would you stop him and say, nice hey, tits? Nice tits. <laughs> I've fully said that to drag queens before. Absolutely. No, we're talking out of drag. Oh, we're talking about me right now. In a little button-down shirt. 
Oh, I mean, like okay. no, it wasn't a button down. It was a salt wash jersey, so it was a little see through. I was giving see-through. it to oh. the, UPS the man. Had. The man liked his tits. He liked my titties. Um, oh, okay. that's let's, wonderful. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. We're going to have some more explicit fuck talk happening here in a moment, uh, which I'm eager to hear a story from you about. But (laughs) labels, I think label, like, this is such a, like, a a big conversation because, you know, we love labels in Mm -hmm. the gay community. We love labels in the queer Mm -hmm. community. I've always said this. I've said this a thousand times on the podcast. We love these labels and I always relate them to like porn labels. You know, we go on a website, we, we look at the scroll down bar. We go, what, you know, what porn label are we looking at? And then we turn that into our identity. Mm -hmm. And we always talk about, you know, there's like a running joke, like the bisexuality, Oh, someone hasn't made the decision yet, yeah. you know. But there literally is like I mean, ugh, here I go. Is there a bisexual flag? Yes. Yes. Actually, I have it. Uh, well, uh I'll show you in a Describe. It's uh, so it's it's tattooed on my hand actually. I don't know if you can oh, see shit. it. It's right. It's that one. So That's it's, the Zelda logo. Well, no. yes. It, <laughs> it's right there. Are you so, saying that Zelda is a bisexual? Zelda? Zelda is a full-on cross-dresser, honey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, so the, the flag basically is uh, a big bar of pink on top, a uh-huh. big bar of blue on the bottom, and then a middle bar, a small middle bar of purple. And the idea is that the pink represents uh, femme, the blue represents mask, and the purple represents the attraction of the two. Got it. Yes. So, yeah. It's and actually, just, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, so in regards to your thing about labels, um, my whole thing with labels is that I find them a really good jumping off point when you aren't fully sure what you are or how you feel you should describe yourself as. I I, so I see that. them I see them as good kind of start starter lines, right? So like for if we were to if if I were to really give all the labels that I think I am mm-hmm. uh or that I present as I I would definitely be it would be something like a cisgendered uh latine queer bisexual uh muscle wolf bear daddy kind of thing. But the thing is, is that I also don't think that we should 100% stick to them either. Because if we did, if I were to have just strictly stuck to the initial like uh, muscle bear that I kind of started off as in the community, I never would have gone anywhere else. I never would have gone to the drag scene or to uh, any uh, or to the leather scene or anything else. I never would have experienced all the the vast uh just the plethora of people that exist within the community. Mm-hmm. And so I think where labels are good to start off with, I don't think we should stick to the idea of fully being married to them 100% of the time and making them a a a uh, a consistent part of our personalities. Yeah, I agree. Can I ask, mm-hmm. what is like the... 
worst form of like discrimination that you feel like you go through as a person that's bi besides someone just being like okay you're not bi like, Be like what, oh, why is it like something that you have to like fight to prove because uh, I... I know like trans people get told all the time like you're a boy you're a boy you're a boy you're, yeah. a, girl, you're a girl you're a girl like there's something that they're actually like having to fight against where they're like no I'm telling you I'm not yeah I think for I think for me and I think for bisexuals in general, it's really it's it's we haven't made a decision yet. Uh, I hear we're greedy a lot, uh, which is kind of just a weird thing to say in general, because I feel like <laughs> I feel like just if anybody is given enough of a, of a pool to play around with, everyone is greedy. I mean, like like. Uh, I, I actually just listened to the episode, your guys' episode, uh, talking about the guy who took 75 loads. Right. Uh, and I'm like, w- would you call him greedy? Because he decided ambitious. to book a hotel. Ambitious, right? And so just the greedy thing doesn't offend me. It's more just like a, that's just a weird thing to say in general. But it's definitely it's definitely a whole lot of like that, like um, uh, I'm, I'm lying about it. Um, I... A few weeks ago, I had somebody just come to me on Twitter and just start yelling in all caps, being like how I'm lying that I'm attracted to men. I'm fully gay for pay, you know, because I have all this content where I shoot with women as well. And I'm just like, okay. And how I'm lying to the community and how I'm not actually gay. And so, which is true. I'm not gay, but I, I'm attracted to men. And so it's really just a lot of coming to... Or, people coming to terms with the fact that what I'm saying is legitimate and that we do exist. And I, and it's interesting because bisexual women or at least bisexuality and sexual fluidity within women has been so widely accepted, like from the get go, whereas sexual fluidity with men has consistently been looked down upon for ages. And I think this is because, uh, because, it, because sex and, the sex work industry is so heavily patriarchal at, like, mm-hmm. at its core. Women can shoot lesbian content like left, right, and center, or women can come forward in like hetero presenting relationships and be like, hey, I'm bisexual. Um, and that's just immediately accepted. But that's because it's viewed with, the, with this lens that, oh, if she's bisexual, then the chances of us getting together and having another girl in is really hot. And so right. two women is really hot because it's viewed through this it's heavily. It's all from the male gaze. It's all from the male gaze. Whereas if a guy comes forward and he's like, yeah, like I, 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 I like sucking dick. It's like, oh, so you're gay, which for many years, you know, or even today is still looked down upon as a negative thing. Right. But and so, I don't think it is to look down. Like, I'm sure maybe in the crowds that you're running around in and like mm. the gay bars with like the hyper masculine guys, like, no offense, but you're like super built. Your boyfriend is super built. It's like thank you. you're around like the like that group of men. But I honestly feel like in most scenarios now, it's like, I don't know, look at euphoria. Like, everyone's fucking everybody. No one mm-hmm. cares anymore. So I feel oh, yeah. like I do think it's it is like still... not a hill to really die on at this point. And I agree. I do think it's. In, I do think it's definitely one of those things where we're seeing so much more by visibility happen. But if you notice, a lot of it is still female bisexuals. It's still very rare that we have male bisexuality within media, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where a lot of the 
like the iffiness is still kind of a thing, if that makes sense, because it's yeah. really hard to concretely be like, oh yeah, this guy is bisexual and it's, you know, and it's a thing and, and it's and tangible. It's not, it's not a, um, a rest stop on the way, it's not on a the rest way to full get. Yeah, exactly. Cause right. I mean, that's Cause the we've other all thing been is... there. We all took a little trip around by town. I, I mean, know some I people did. did. Some, some people, people did. I had my little purity ring on. but i think i think this is this is exactly the conversation because um it almost went from uh bisexuality is is a rest stop on the way to being full gay to oh really we have to talk about it everyone's into everyone we're all just pansexual and it's like well wait there are some people who actually just fully identify right there on on the bisexual island with the flag Mm -hmm. you know interested in you know two genders Mm -hmm. and i think you know it is it is worth having the conversation and 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 talking about it it's um i I do think that from people who find them you know like i I remember describing myself as like a kinsey six gay Mm -hmm. when i finally came out i'm like i'm all the way gay i think for people who who really get there you know with their identity they go like oh um, there is no way in hell mm-hmm. someone could be bisexual because I'm so attracted this way. I'm like, girl, if my 36 year old could talk to my 20 year old self and be like, listen, that 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 thing is gonna swing from left to right. Uh, you know, <laughs> there is a yeah. spectrum. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just we're we're definitely coming into an age now where I think that human sexuality and and even by extension gender uh expression is all becoming very spectral like it's it's all kind of falling on a spectrum now where i where i personally see a lot of this like by not it's not full-on by erasure but it's definitely a lot of internalized biphobia disbelief yeah it's actually within the swinging community so here Ah. so i i am friends with a lot of swingers like or lifestylers as they're also called uh here in vancouver what's the deal with the pineapple by the way that's tech that's like the symbol of of lifestylers it so you see a lot of them in palm springs you put an upside down pineapple outside your house or or it's the pink flamingos as well yeah and so like while people while swingers would grocery shop they would take a pineapple put it upside down in their shopping cart to like flag to other swingers be like Ah! oh there's that they uh, a black a black band ring on your right ring finger is also one um the when the when the wife is wearing or when the girlfriend is wearing an anklet as well like there's oh. ton- yeah there's tons of little Meatball. things you need to add that to I your drag a outfit a little yeah. anklet. um but the funny thing is is that because like i'm in i'm in a couple groups like on facebook with a bunch of swingers and so often whenever couples are present are like introducing themselves it's like hey i'm so and so this is my wife she's bisexual and here's my husband he's straight and it's like one after the other one after the other and i'm like out of 10 not a single one of your husbands likes a little bit of dick in their mouth i find that suspect but i but that's because so much of that community is so heavily um it's it deals with a lot of a lot of that internalized biphobia where a lot of these men, whether they're boyfriends or husbands or whatever, are still dealing with the fact that they might have attractions to men. Mm. And so they don't really know how to navigate that. Right. And so and it even even recently, like I've only known a couple men within the swinging community here in in Vancouver that have actually come out as bisexual after like 
15, 20 years of denying it forever and like hiding it from their spouses. Interesting. And stuff. And I'm like, and I'm like, and me having been out from the get go, like uh, I've been like, there's a club here in Vancouver that I've been attending, you know, for like eight years. And from the get go, I, I told everyone that I was bisexual and I've had like, I've, I've had men in the community message me on Facebook being like, I am so thankful that you're out and, and everything, because I've been wrestling with this myself. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. You can, there's nothing wrong with just accepting who you are. I think it's just it, because it's so rooted in this, oh, if I admit this, then it's a bad thing. Right. Mm. But also, but it just comes down to, it's like, what is so bad about being attracted to men because if you ask yourself that question, you'll find that the answer to that question is rooted in internalized homophobia. Well, listen, I hate the gays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it seems like ultimately, you know, uh, saying out loud uh, whose genitals you want to mess around with will set you free. Come it on, really is. Yeah. pussy and, and cock. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're at the end of the show, but what we want to uh-huh. do, what we always love to do, yes. is have a little... But I I, um, sent a voicemail in that we were supposed to do on the last episode that I thought was super interesting. And I feel like maybe you, our special guest, would have something to say. Okay. I'm intrigued. Ooh, hello, Big Dipper and Meatball. My name is Angel. Um, I have a question. Um, So, I... um, I basically have a hard time coming. I'll just say it like that. Um, and I found this thing on TikTok where, like, a quote-unquote accountant was like, drink a bottle of pee like the day before, and, like, you'll be able to shoot a load or two. Um, tried it. didn't work. Um, wondering, y'all have any tips of, like, what to eat or what to do? Because I feel like I just get really shy or I get really nervous or anxious. Maybe it's, like, a thing in my head. But, uh, yeah, if you have any advice on what to do to up the load, let me know. Goodbye. So they also called back and kind of uh, specify that they were like, the Pedialyte didn't work, and they're not sure if it's like. Oh, what? did you say Pedialyte or P? Yeah, Pedialyte. Oh, oh, I 100% heard of P. I thought he said Drink P too, but in the other one he said, he says Pedialyte, and okay, he also okay. was like, he was like, what other things can I eat to come? But I think to me, it seems like it might be a mental block. Yeah. Cause he said that he can like jerk off and he comes when he jerks off. But when he's with somebody, he like, can't. Oh, yeah. based on this conversation, I would say, fuck a woman, fuck a lady. Yeah. <laughs> See what <laughs> happens. Give that a shot. See what happens. Yeah. No, I, I fully think this is psychosomatic. Yeah. Because if he's able to, if he's able to release, um, release by himself but not with the other partner or with a partner then it's definitely just nerves and i think it's just a question of is this person hooking up with like uh is this person just hooking up with one-off hookups or do they have a friend circle that they feel comfortable like being fuck being fuck buddies with and the reason i say that is because personally i'm not generally one for random hookups mm-hmm. um there's a couple reasons, but one of the reasons is that uh, I find one-off sex just to be not nearly as good as me fucking my friends. Because fucking my friends, I've we've 
had a few, we've, we've gone a few times where we've, we've gotten that rhythm, you know, we, we understand each other's bodies and the sex just gets better and better and better. And so I'm wondering if this person is just super nervous with one-off hookups and that's why they just can't reach orgasm. Also, if their concern is that they're reaching orgasm, but they're not, but their volume is just low, it could either be just genetic or it could be that they're not drinking enough water. Hydration is, is a big factor in your cum load because it's not just coming from your balls, right? There's also seminal fluids that are produced within your body that make up a vast majority of the actual- of Okay, science. Load. Come on, seminal fluids. Now here's <laughs> another question for you. Yes. Do you think buttholes can make their own mucus? I don't think they can exactly. because I like every every butt doctor I've ever heard of that's ever like answered this question has said no, that's not a thing. So I'm not actually sure what it is because I think I know what you're talking about. Like anytime a guy's like, "Oh, look at my ass creaming" or whatever, and I'm like, "I don't ah. think, I don't, I don't think that's actually a thing." Meepo, so I don't. Did you look at the video that you sent me? No. It's horrific. Oh, then don't don't show it. It's it's very intense. Someone wrote in and was like, "Here's video evidence," and it's it, I will describe it. It's a gentleman. Why don't with, you just? Why don't you throw it on? <laughs> you will I see will it? I throw up? I you very easily may throw up. It's so intense. You ready? I'm kind of curious now. I'm ready. Yeah, okay. let's, I'm ready. I'm let's ready. Do this. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so what, what we're looking that? at exactly? We're looking at a, a like a, a like a, this person has two pumps attached to their body. There's a dick yep. pump and an yeah and a rectal pump. Yeah, and a That's rectal pump. It's okay. So a rectal pump is just a large cylinder that goes over his butthole, and he is fully well. He's pumping, and now he's I'm pumping. seeing his insides. I'm crying. Okay, so. What it seems like he had attempted a clean out and then was is finishing the clean out using the pump. So that is dirty butt water. Yeah, that we're all looking at. Yeah, there's some there's some speckles. Okay, yep. there's more than speckles. There's some lettuce. Um, <laughs> then okay, this is this. I'll just say this. In response, we had a conversation about someone said they were fucking their boyfriend and a gelatinous sort of piece piece came out and they used it as lube and they were like, that was the butt self-lubricating. So this person is going through the rectal pump to look at oh, what God. came out. To collect it? And this I is... Can't. what they're referring to as the gelatinous piece they're like look at what came out of me no you need me to stop meeple i don't turn it off please i don't know (laughs) hold on (laughs) oh no oh no really oh no oh no (laughs) oh god God, it's It's happening it's still on my screen (laughs) holy shit Oh, meatball. Oh, poor sweetie. I know. She is a very um for that dirty mouth of her, she's got a sensitive. <laughs> what what came up? What okay, came up? Okay. Meatball? What came up? Just a little like a little bit got in my mouth, but I I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink a little bit of water and not think about it. All right. Okay. Sorry that was traumatizing. You said throw it up there. I yeah. did, but I wasn't expecting all that, Ganj. I mean, I wasn't either. That was that was an experience. Holy shit! Why are you uh, hard? 
<laughs> I see um, that mic moving around from your darn dick. Uh, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> we also got another call. I'm not gonna go look for it, but it was someone that was like, they fucked a guy that said he was like all creamy or whatever, and then he got yeah. tested, and it was an STI. Well, sometimes it is. That's what sometimes the doctor told us. That's what the good. I have a headache now from throwing. <laughs> That's why um, that, that's why you got to get tested. Yeah. Do you have a, a non-disgusting but fun and sexy fuck talk story? I wanted to ask you. You in your you refer to it as your muggle job on yes. social media, but you're like a handyman. You're like a like a contractor or like you build things. I work for my I work for my father's company, which is which does building maintenance. So oh. basically, yeah. So. Uh, here in Vancouver, there's there's a there's a there's a couple of companies that run like low income housing, and he has contracts with them, and so we go and do a bunch of repairs for them, whatever they need. Yeah, uh, but yeah. You ever the, knock on the door and you're all sweaty and you're like, I'm here to fix the pipes, and then you fuck someone? No, I'm sure it's probably an insurance issue, but it's never happened. I can't believe. Maybe you I just know. Believe in yourself a little bit more. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Or do you that, have? How about this? Do you have? Mm-hmm. A, what's your like go-to bisexual fuck fuck story? Like, yeah. a lady oh. in the morning and a dude at night. Well, that the, a ooh, that's a bop. It's a song. A something in the morning and a this at night. When pizza's on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. Don't wake daddy. Yeah, <laughs> Lobo doesn't get that. That's an American commercial. Uh, but I know, I know, the, I know the game though. Here. I know oh. the game though. You I know do? it's like a board game. Yeah. Don't wake daddy. Yeah, I know the game. I don't know that game. I just keep hearing the jingle from Dipper. Yeah, it's a little board game. You basically just have to try and I think it's like you gotta sneak from the bedroom to the kitchen or some shit. No, you have to suck his dick off while he's asleep underneath. Oh, oh no, that's I a saw point. that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you have a good uh, bisexual fuck talk story? I kind I, I actually kind of do. There's one Ooh. that there was one that there is one that just popped into my head actually. Do tell. Uh so a few years ago, I was at one of these events held by uh, the big the big uh, swingers club that uh, that I used to go to, having gone since obviously COVID. Um, but actually, they just did a, the other day. They just announced a bunch of uh, restrictions have been lifted here in Vancouver. So Ooh. we are. So it's it's going to look a lot like what you what y'all got down there now, like. Uh, people like in bars and in clubs dancing and everything. And I'm really excited. Oh, about so it. everyone will give you getting chlamydia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God um, bless. But I, so I was at the club once and uh, I was chatting with a bunch of my friends and we all just kind of like, we're all really horny and we're like, why don't we go upstairs? Cause there's a sec, there's like the main floor, which has like a dance floor, a bar and some lounge areas there. That's kind of like the no play area. And then you go upstairs and there's a bunch of like, beds that are just basically separated by curtains uh and so we're like why don't we why don't we all go upstairs there's like five of us it's me another guy and the three women and then we Ooh. all went upstairs all together to like uh to one of the beds and then we're all just like fucking each other and like i had like one girl on one girl was on my dick another was on my face uh one of the girls just making out with the girl that i was fucking and then the other uh, hetero couple were fucking like right next to me and then, like, because they were, like, an actual couple, he was fucking her raw. And then at some point, like, he just, like, 
pulled out of her and then like came over to me and then I started sucking his dick right after it was just in her. And it's like, yeah, it was just a lot of like interchanging. Honey, the There's joy lo- on the joy on your face retelling the story. Like uh, it was it was just all around just a great, wonderful experience. Cause I was like, this th- like it was a true bisexual five sum and I was living for it. Yeah. It was great. I, I enjoyed myself. Bisexual thoroughly. five some the house down boots, honey boots back. Mama work yes. <laughs> well, listen. Thank you for thank you so uh, shedding for some light, here. giving us yes. some insight, maybe yeah. opening can... Paul's brain a little bit. Mm. See, oh, my brain is open. I don't care about bisexual people. Now, <laughs> we'll get it. I don't give a fuck I'm about saying. your life. Um, everyone can come see you dancing at Fat Slut on March eighteenth. Oh yeah. Yeah. In downtown Los Angeles. So excited. Yeah. God, I haven't been I haven't been back at precinct in fucking forever. Were you there for like a Barracuda or what was the last time you were I there? don't even remember. I think it may have been for a puteria when I was last there. Uh oh puteria. yeah. That yeah. party goes off. So yeah, people can fi- find you on Twitter at Papa yes. Lobo Oso. XXX. Yes. Now the tricky, the trickiness in the spelling is that Lobo and Oso are connected. They share an O. They share an O, yeah. I'll spell it. I'll just spell it. Yeah. Uh, It's P A P A L O B O S O X X X. They share an O. Like like you and that lady shared that guy's dick. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Well, thank you. Thank Good you so much you. for yeah. being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. If y'all ever have any like other like burning bisexual questions, please feel free to message message me and ask. I'm I I one of the biggest things that I want to do with my sex work and just with my visibility is bringing more awareness just to bisexuality as a thing, you know, just so that more and more Ooh, men so can feel comfortable. <laughs> just so that more and more uh, men can be be comfortable with being themselves yeah 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 the more comfortable people are with themselves the better the world is indeed sweet i love okay. it okay well thank you very thank much thank you so much thank for you being here. i don't give a fuck who you fuck i don't give a fuck <laughs> and like you're bi and it's like that's cool and i believe in bi people and i think even in the interview i say like it's i guess i'm just from a different age but like i didn't find it eye-opening to hear someone tell me that they fuck men and women. Got it. And for me, uh, I was very fascinated by a person who uh, I see on the internet as being in a lot of gay spaces, as looking like a like muscle well, and I think I even mentioned bear. in the thing is that, and I said it a minute ago, but like he says that people don't believe him, but he does also enter a lot of hyper-masculine gay spaces, like going to the Eagle. So if you were to go to the Eagle or something and try to tell someone that you're bi there, of course they're not going to believe you because, I, I mean, I'm speaking in generalizations, but, like, that is a bar for hardcore gay men, basically. But also, um, why can't everyone be wherever we want? And we all talk about queer spaces. I'm not saying we- that he shouldn't go there, but I'm saying that he shouldn't be surprised if someone there is like, sure, right. fine, whatever. But the more we talk about it, the less times you will have to be surprised because the more open people will be. 
Sure. You're just waiting for us old people to die. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I just think that, like, believe what people tell you that they are. End of list. And I even asked. I was like, what's the worst discrimination? Someone saying, yeah, sure, you're not. Like, there's bigger fish to fry. Did you learn anything after that interview? What was I supposed to learn? All right. Tell, like, tell, like, what, okay, what, what did you learn? That you can like both sexes? No, I just learned, like, to me, I think it's, it's really good to hear that uh, people who identify as bi maybe live a lot of their life seemingly as a gay man. People who identify as bi, like, I literally in my brain think that if you're a bisexual man, you will most likely end up in a straight relationship because that's easier and you will socialize as straight and then you'll sneak off and have bisex or you'll you'll ask your girlfriend if we can invite a third in and it's a man i don't think of a bisexual bisexual person in my head as like more gay presenting yes as like being in a gay relationship as like go-go dancing as um competing in a leather competition like that's the bias that i have in my brain that i was hoping to sort of open up a little bit maybe because maybe some of our listeners have that maybe it did open it up for you yeah, and I think it did. Okay. And programming like this is the trick that it takes to teach the girls. It did. And it, I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen that learned something today. And maybe their biases have changed. And they're I'm bi- proud of them. Asses? By asses. Oh, they're by asses. <laughs> did we even do anything good today? We fought for real in the middle of this. Did we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to delete that. We got in a fight fight. Well, I don't think so. Keep it all. No, we'll delete that the one. The no time. edit episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. No edit. All right, give us I the hope he didn't feel. I hope he didn't feel uh, that I was being rude. Ah, poor guy. <laughs> well, thank God he can run to a lady or a man to fuck and get over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give us the outro. We're gonna Thank you so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. Our phone number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspod at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode which come out every Tuesday and Friday. And follow us on Instagram at sloppypod or Big Dipper Jelly or Spiciest Meatball. And on Twitter, I'm Fat Drag Meatball and Dipper is Big Dipper Jelly. And on TikTok Dipper is Big Dipper Jelly, and I am Meatball the Drag Queen. You know, I got three different names, baby. Goodbye, William Pitts. Doodle doo doo, forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.